0: what's up everybody welcome back to wildcat dash here on dash sports tv my name is jacob nudie i'm joined once again as always with my co-host ryan wall uh how are we feeling today ryan
1: doing all right but it just sucks every week that this team just can't pull it together
0: (laughs) yeah definitely We, we might be doing okay but uh one thing that isn't doing very well is the arizona wildcats this team is just spiraling into the ground as we speak uh their loss this past week to UCLA was their 10th straight loss dating back to last season. And the status of this program is just, it's so much worse than just that losing streak too. Like players are often out left and right. You know, we saw, you know, wide receiver Drew Dixon opt out of the rest of the season this past week to go along with, you know, all the other opt outs. I think, you know, Bobby Wolf, Mackenzie Barnes, Malik Hausman, those days are all gone. Like they, they all opted out in the middle of the season. Like, and if, if if that couldn't get any worse, uh, Grant Gannell got hurt, too. And uh, he's questionable for the rest of the year, questionable this week. And who knows if he'll even play. Uh, but we'll get into that later. But um, let's talk about this horrible losing streak for a little bit. Uh, Arizona hasn't won a game since October of 2019. It, it's been over a year since we've seen Arizona win a game. There's a hundred things that you could say about why this team, uh, you know, just continues to keep losing games. But, I mean, tell me, Ryan, what has been the worst part about this losing streak?
1: just the uh, false hope that was given and and put on all these uh Arizona wildcat uh, football fans when Kevin Sumlin came to Arizona everybody thought because he had a good resume you know at Texas A&M and Houston that he would do something good here and maybe push this program in the right direction and just since he came it just it just nothing could get going nothing it doesn't like this is i believe the fourth year of Kevin Sumlin if i'm right And nothing, like, over the first three years, like, at this point, when you're in the fourth year, you should be moving in the right direction and getting to where they need to go. And nothing has changed. Like, he's he's recruited one four-star player, like, no five-star players. And that's not, like, this program's history that they don't get, like, five-star players. But, like, just, like, everyone wants to look back at his past and – like he's recruited nine five-star players over uh, five years at Texas A&M. Nine five-star players. Like it, so. Like I, everyone wanted to give him credit then, but I I don't think he's a good recruiter. He he can't recruit out of the state, and he doesn't be. He loses a lot of guys in the state, and all all he really gets in uh and putting together this program is three-star players and. So yeah, some three-star players pan out, but that's not how you're going to win football games. Yeah, it's just
0: tough because, like, that was the main selling point with Kevin Sumlin. That he's going to come here. You know, his biggest thing was recruiting, right? Like, as soon as, you know, they hired Kevin Sumlin, it was, oh, my gosh, you know, he, he's such a good recruiter. He's going to bring all these youth to Arizona. It just didn't happen. Like, it just seems like every year it's a new excuse. You know, first year it was, oh, you know, we didn't have the guys we wanted. And, you know, <laughs> second year is was, oh, we had injuries and, you know, we didn't have the coaching staff we wanted and now it's year three like it's time to go like there's no more excuses like it, it's just been really tough to see but I, I've just got so many complaints about this, the development of this program like it, it's, it's 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 past this losing streak like it, like it's this this problem is so much more than the 10 games in a row like you know nine of these 10 losses have been by double digits like it's it's not like these games are close they're getting blown out like they've been outscored 394 to 187 in that span, like, they also have never had success playing away from home, you know, I think they're, like, 2-11 and 11 in road games, uh, they're 3-13 and 13 against FBS opponents in the last 16 games, like, how do you do that, and then, like, expect, you know, the the head coaches fall off that point, like, it, it's one thing to be losing closed games, it's another just to be blown out by, you know, the opponent every single week, week in and week out, like, uh, like my other huge huge issue is the just the pure lack of player development too like not just during this losing streak but just year in and year out like every you know every below average team in the Pac-12 this season has somehow figured out a way to utilize its best players and make them look like NFL prospects and because of that they're not that terrible anymore like UCLA is making Dimitri Felton look like a day two draft pick like he's awesome Oregon State is utilizing you know Jamar Jefferson he's probably going to be Pac-12 player of the year like it's crazy. Like I look at Arizona and I see them have so many good players. Like, I think there's a lot of potential in this squad. Like, and they just never translate to the NFL. Like JJ Taylor is a legit running back. At least he was at Arizona. Like I, I, the fact that he didn't get drafted, like I, that you have to pin that on the Arizona coaching staff. Like I think Gary Brightwell is a legit NFL running back as well. Like he's just so talented and, and underutilized. So you look around and it's like, what are these other bad teams doing? that Arizona isn't doing, like, how come they're using these players and finding success with, you know, the minimal amount of, you know, good players that they have, and Arizona's not doing the same thing, like, something's, something's wrong here, like, this is not, this is not bad luck, Arizona, you know, isn't having a bad, uh, like, a string of bad luck, like, this is, there's something wrong here, like, all these other teams have figured it out, like, UCLA is, like, above 500 for the first time in the Chip Kelly era, I think, and Oregon State just knocked off Oregon last week, to spoil their college football playoff hopes, and, Colorado is three and zero. Like everybody is figuring it out, except for Arizona. Like it, it is. There's something wrong here. They're they're doing something wrong, and it it it's 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 tough to
1: see. Yeah, I agree with everything you just said. We're on the same page. And from the start of the season, we didn't predict a lot from the from this season. We thought maybe one two wins, but even now, one to two wins seems like an impossible feat that this team. That can't overcome right now. This team can like, easily
0: like, go zero and six. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and and every year, looking at like the records. By the way, I was wrong. This is someone's third year, and every year. So the first year, 2018, they went five and seven. They were third in the Pac-12 South. Then 2019, last year, four and eighth, four and eight, and they were sixth in the Pac-12 uh, South. And then this year, like not winning a game, obviously, like being last. Like, every year, like, it doesn't seem like they're building on anything and they're not improving. And, like, that's the main, that's the main, like, head scratcher when, when uh, talking about this. And, like, I mean, everyone wants to talk about the money the and how much he's getting paid, has still has years left, whatever, this and that. But, like I've been saying um, the past few weeks is that at some point you got to push the money to the side and just realize like you gotta that he's not best for this job and that you need to find what's right for this football team because as you said like i agree i love a lot of these players on this team like this offense is really good even the defense that people criticize they have some good guy some good uh guys with potential there so like it's just like and it doesn't seem it also doesn't seem like he has control in this locker room i mean as you mentioned having multiple guys mid-season opt out guys transfer before the season like that doesn't look good on the coach and there's no one else to pass that blame to right now
0: yeah that was actually my next point is that you know not only is this team losing but like the branding and like the locker room culture doesn't seem to be improving either like 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 we don't of course we don't know exactly what's going on in the locker room you know day in and day out but like I, you know, so I think it'd be ignorant for us to sit here and say that you know we know exactly what the atmosphere is like in that locker room but whatever it is like Arizona is doing a bad job of, like, portraying it, right? Like, we saw Josh McCauley, you know, say in his post-game or excuse me, in the pregame press conferences this week, tongue twisted there, and he was was talking about, like, uh, it was good that he's having all these players opt out, and it's the players that don't want to be here, and it's good for, you know, the team chemistry. And, you know, you had Kevin Sumlin, you know, dragging Drew Dixon across the ground saying, you know, he played 70-something snaps, and he didn't even know he was on the field. Like, that's not something you say as a head coach that, like, you know, it, like you don't say that. That sounds like something is like he's a, he's on his way out and he's just getting his money's worth in. Like you don't say that stuff. Like it's one thing to chew out a player and it's another to go out in front of the media and just call him out, you know, like in front of everybody. Like that's not something that tells me that this is a good locker room culture. You know what I mean? Like even if we, even if we don't know exactly what it is, like they're not doing a good job of showing us you know, what is actually going on. Like, if, if there is a good locker room culture, they're not, they're not showing it to us. Like, we're only seeing the bad parts here. Like, there's, just like, this brand of Arizona is just so, normal. like, this is what you sell to your recruits. Like, you know, when you come here, Arizona has none of that. There's, they don't have cool uniforms, you know, they don't have, you know, they don't have anything to, to really build off of. Like, it, it's just a shame. Like, you would think that, okay, sure, this team is losing, but at least we're building something each internally here. So that we can, you know, improve on it in the future. I don't think that's getting better either. Like there's just so many things wrong here. Like you, you would, you would expect to at least see, you know, some sort of a brand being built while this team is in rebuilding mode, you can say, or is these at least losing, but th- it doesn't seem like that's happening either. It's tough.
1: Yeah. And like you said, I mean, if, if the players in the locker room like aren't together as a unit and as a team, then like, how can they get anybody outside of the locker room to believe in them or think they're going to improve each game? Mm-hmm. Like that that's just like what Macaulay said. That's just like lose. That's just a loser and losing energy. And like that—that that doesn't winning doesn't happen that way. And uh, getting back to like you know what Sumlin has said about like Dixon and like I've heard of the way he's been talking post game after uh, after the last few games. Um, and just, like, his attitude, like, he doesn't, he doesn't seem that, like, pissed off, like, it's kind of uh, weird, like, when hearing him talk, like, he just keeps telling the players, oh, probably got to practice harder, this and that, but, like, that just doesn't, that that message doesn't seem like, like, it's, uh, it's working, I mean, as we, as we see the results. Yeah, I just really think that, like,
0: the problem of this program is deeper than just the on the field performances. Like, where do you start pointing the fingers? You know, if you want to say it's the coaching staff, like, you know, we, you hear the excuses about, you know, Oh, you know, we can't fire Kevin Sumlin because, you know, we, you have to buy out his contract and that's money that we don't have. Like the school has billions of dollars in endowments. Like you could figure that out if you really, really wanted to, like, th- there's something like internally wrong here. It's not, you know, just, Oh, let's just get a new fresh recruiting class to come in here. Like, Something is something like deeper is happening here. Like I don't know if it's like I I, I think it's time for a coaching change, but it's just like when and you know who is going to replace Kevin? Someone. It's just so tough. Like this team is just not in a good state right now, and the problem is so much deeper than just you know this losing streak, and you know maybe these players just aren't good enough. It's it's so much more than that.
1: Yeah, and like you said, the losing streak. Like how many games is it going to take until? Everyone just gets sick and tired. The AD gets sick and tired of just continually underperforming and losing week in and week out. Like, that's just not acceptable. And I believe that after this season, multiple other players that are talented, like you mentioned, like Brightwell and Ganel and other talented offensive players could transfer. Don't even
0: say Gannell transfer. My
1: my biggest question (laughs) is if you were a player, like, Would you want to play in this program?
0: I I think the way that Grant Ganell talks, you know, it doesn't seem like he's one of the guys that would bail out on his team like that, but I get it. You know, at some point you got to be selfish and think about your NFL career. Like you're not getting, you know, as many opportunities here in Arizona. You know, if some, you know, you know, SEC team comes knocking at the door, like you have to give it that consideration, right? Like I don't see Ganell as being one of those guys to just kind of walk out, but like, seriously, like it, that's not something we should be taking for granted. Like Gannell could easily play for a better team. Like he's a, he's a great quarterback.
1: Yeah. And as you said, NFL host, as in JJ Taylor last year was one of the best running backs at Arizona over the last few seasons. And he didn't even get drafted as we know. And it's just like, it's just unfortunate I, when you see those results, it's just very, it doesn't make somebody that has NFL potential. Like I think Grant Cannell has and I do think he will be in the NFL if he is in a better situation then like being here just doesn't seem like it's working obviously yeah
0: well why don't we stay on the topic of Grant Cannell as we alluded to earlier uh the gigantic losing streak is just a, and in a couple of opt-outs as you know just the, you know some of the things that Arizona's dealing with right now as if things could not get any worse starting quarterback Grant Cannell injured his shoulder on the very first play of the game He took a hard hit and landed on that throwing shoulder. He didn't return to the game, and freshman Will Plummer came in and played the rest of the snaps of that game. And, you know, someone said that his injury is not season-ending, and, you know, he wouldn't officially rule him out for this game this week against Colorado. But I I don't know. There's three games left in the season, you know, ASU uh, after this Colorado game, and then that cross-division game at the end of the year. Um, You know, I I don't know. Like, if – just give me your thoughts here, Ryan. Like, if Greg Cannell – isn't 100% ready. Like, is there any point in playing him, even if he is 100% healthy? Is there any point in even playing him the rest of the season?
1: No, uh, there's, there's not one uh, positive thing that Grant Cannell can take from playing these last few games of this season. We already saw in the first few games that he's talented and what he can do and what we think he can do in his career in college. And um, yeah, like this year is basically a watch anyway it's uh with uh covid-19 with them giving players an extra year of eligibility as we know it just doesn't benefit somebody like that who has all the potential in the world right now to play in these last few games where they're most likely going to get beat up real really bad playing a 3-0 Colorado team who is favored by a touchdown right now and and then after them playing ASU who hasn't played a lot of football this year but the football we have seen them play was very good against USC earlier in the year. And yeah, there's just, I can't find the positive from Frank and L playing again this season.
0: Uh, yeah. If there's, you know, I, I honestly, I think, I think Kevin someone has kept this, you know, this one really close to the belt. I think he's more injured than, you know, people are talking, you know, and leading him on. Like we've seen that injury from previous quarterbacks before, you know, where he gets sacked and lands on that shoulder. Like that's a broken collarbone almost every time. Like, that's not something you're going to come back from this week. Like I don't think yeah. at all he's playing this week and he really shouldn't, like, I don't see any value in him just playing not only this week, but just the rest of the season. Like they really should just shut him down for the rest of the year. Like this definitely seems like an injury that's going to linger the rest of the season. Like you're just throwing him out there, you know, at 75, 80% health. Like, what is the point in that? Like, you know, Arizona isn't playing for anything anymore. Like this season is done. Like you said, like, unless somehow they win the next three games, but like that is just a long shot especially after seeing that UCLA game, like this season, just, it it also just doesn't count towards your eligibility as well. So like we can see him play here the next three years if he wanted to. So the only real argument is that, you know, to play Grant Canell is so he can get more reps. Well, that's not really a thing because he'll be here for three more years. Like you can make the better argument that it'll be better for Will Plummer and, you know, some of these other guys to get playing time instead, because, you know, as soon as Grant Canell comes back healthy, he's going to get the first team reps. So it's like, you know, you're basically, I don't know. It, I don't think he should be playing just because, you know, he's, he's dealing with that injury. And the other thing too, is just like, this O-line is terrible. Like that's not something that that was something that I forgot to bring up in the, in our first talk, but that is something that, you know, it, you throw him behind that offensive line. Like you're just feeding him to the wolves? Like that offensive line has just been so underwhelming this season. Like that was not something that we all expected. At least I didn't expect you look at the guys that are on that offensive line. And it's like, these dudes have all been here for at least a year or two. They've been playing together. Some of these guys are grad transfers, like this is they should not be having any issues. Like these are experienced guys and the fact that they're giving up, you know, 11 or 12 sacks in the three games and you know leading the conference in most sacks, like that's that is unacceptable. Like you can't have that like with the experience and the talent and potential talent that's on this offensive line, like it, it's just bad. So like if you throw Grant Canal out there behind that offensive line like it could get even worse. Like he could get even more injured. Like, like you know, I, I you could even make the argument that if Grant Gannell was in that game against UCLA last week, that it would have been even worse than the stats would have shown. I think they had you know three, two or three sacks. I think UCLA had against uh, Arizona, but it could have easily been four or five if Gannell was behind there because you know Gannell isn't exactly a snail. You know, but like he's not a, you know, he's not an extremely mobile quarterback. Like Will Plummer can use his legs. You know, we saw him a few times use his legs to. Escape the pocket and elude some pressure. So, like, those stats could easily be more than 11 or 12 stats. So, like, it's just really not worth it to throw ganel out there. And just like I said, just speeding him to the wolves behind that offensive line is bad.
1: Yeah. And as you just said, putting him back out there is basically just throwing him back into the fire. And to me, if I'm if I'm in Ganella's family, if I'm an advisor for him or anyone he talks to, um, about football. Um, if, if, because um, I know, as you see with Gunnell's attitude, he's not, he's, he's not going to like say, like, oh, I don't want to play, you know. Oh, he's going to play. He, he or,
0: wants to play.
1: Yeah. yeah or he's not going to say that. So it's going to be on coaching. So if they like want him to play, so, like he's going to play. And to me, that's the last now in the coffin because you can't jeopardize a, a guy like Gunnell, who's very talented. Um, by like and he has a long career ahead of him hopefully you can't just throw him into there into that into the just this mess as you said i mean it's not all based on someone i mean the O line sucks i mean that it go it all goes back to coaching and recruiting but um yeah like cannell cannell doesn't he doesn't gain anything from this i believe
0: yeah i i have to completely agree but i I really don't think this is something we should be worrying about because I honestly don't think he'll play another snap this season. Like I, I like I said earlier, I really think this is a, a, an injury that is, you know, not being talked about as much. Like I think this is a more serious injury than someone and you know, the athletic, uh, you know, the, the trainers have been talking about, like, you know, but those injuries, you know, we saw the play, he landed, that dude landed right on his shoulder, like, you know, right. You know where that pad isn't there. Like that's a broken collarbone almost every single time when we've seen that and previous quarterbacks doing that. So I don't really expect him to play another snap this season. And I honestly don't, I hope he doesn't play another snap this season because I'm looking ahead in the future here. And I want him to be healthy. You know, if if this was something, you know, if, even if it wasn't a broken collarbone and he's, you know, he's feeling okay, you know, he wants to go out there and then he goes out there and hurts that shoulder even more. Like, and then, you know, he, you know, has to have like season ending surgery and miss a year. Like that would just be so bad. Like that'd be so problematic. And like, like, what are you playing for? Like, there's, there's nothing to play for here at the end of this season. Like, I, I, there's just no point in putting Ganell in, I think.
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. This season is, is it's just a lost season, and it's what we expected to see from this group. I mean, the worst thing for this season was that first game against USC. Like, that just gave me, along with everyone else, just false hope. More false hope. That this team could actually be really good, and 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 hearing the players, you know, after the game, someone, oh, the like they were like angry about that. It was weird. They were angry about a three-point loss, but when they get blown out the past few weeks, they're, they're, they there, they seem like someone seems kind of fine with it, which is just mind-blowing. Yeah. When 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 you lose to a, a top twenty-five team in the country. You're like act like it's the end of the world, like, oh, we needed to win that game. And when you and against Washington, they were down by like thirty points, came back, made it, cut it within twenty, but still like like it just this isn't acceptable. And and I think that just pressure from from, uh Hiki needs to be put on um on someone in the coming weeks.
0: I mean I've heard the argument too
1: that maybe Dave Hickey is the problem and
0: we know, we know they need a a new athletic director, but I mean, that's a whole nother topic of discussion. Uh, We'll move on here to our final topic and preview Saturday's game against Colorado. I mean, how do you see this one playing out, Ryan? I mean, the line is seven points in favor of Colorado. So the Wildcats are underdogs in this one. Again, they are, they're always the underdogs and the, and the official Vegas lines. Like it's also their first home game since that season opener against USC. So, I mean, what do you see in this one? Is there any chance that this losing streak gets broken this week?
1: It, it depends on Grant Canal. I mean, if Will Plummer looked good last week, and I think he he had some good runs and he had he had two picks, but he's a young quarterback, freshman, as he said. So it'll take time for him to grow. I mean, I believe he'll be better this week. But if he's the starter, I think they, I think the, I think they, they're gonna lose by. I would take Kyle out at minus seven if Plummer's playing, but my pick switches the opposite side if Canelo plays.
0: I mean, I actually thought Will Plummer did an all right job, especially, you know, for the, the circumstances he was putting, you know, a true freshman coming in on the second play of the game. Like, you know, you, what, what, what more do you expect? Like, you know, sure, he threw those two picks, but the wheels were already off the wagon in that game. Like, that was – both of those picks came, you know, late in the fourth quarter after – you know, that, that miscue with the field goal attempt. And oh my God, that was so bad. So like, like those two interceptions already, like the game was over as soon as they, they botched that field goal hold. Like, so that, that's when those two picks happened. So like, I, I thought he did all right. I think the stats look a little bit worse than what he actually played, but I, I don't know. I think even, even I, if Grant, you know, plays his game, I still don't feel very confident in this one. Like, I don't, I, I don't know. It's just so crazy because I pinned this game as, you know, an automatic win at the start of the season. Like I thought, Colorado was the only team worse than Arizona. And, like, you know, they, they you know, Colorado has just had a ton of success, you know, so far this season. And, you know, notoriously, Arizona has had good success against Colorado. So I was like, oh, yeah, this is, this, is, this has to be an easy win. But the momentum is just completely shifted. Like, Arizona is going 0 3, just this complete opposite direction. And Colorado's 3 and 0, you know, going the complete opposite direction. Like, these two teams are just momentum wise, just going two different ways. Like, I don't know. I just don't see, I I I am nervous about this game because I the, the momentum is just not there for Arizona and it's all in favor of Colorado. You know, it doesn't even matter if it's a road game or a home game. Like I just, there's just too much momentum for Colorado going in this one.
1: I totally agree with you, but I I still believe that there's a slim chance. Like it's just hard for me to sit here and and really say that they're gonna go. They're they're gonna. They're not going to win a game this season. Go 0 and six. That just seems. I I think one of these games they're just going to pull out. They're going to pull out. And I mean this as good as Colorado's playing, this is pretty much their best shot left to me. I mean, like against Arizona State, like I don't. I give them a slim chance for that game. And I don't know who they're playing. I don't know who they're playing um, in that last week, but. It'll as, probably be Cal. I think the way that the
0: standings are kind of shifting out, it'll probably be you know the, Arizona will be the last team in the South, and I think the North it'll probably be Cal or or Washington State at the bottom of that one. But yeah, I don't I don't
1: know. Yeah, um, as all these teams have pretty much been competitive besides Arizona, like that. That's just the sad part when you look at it. All these teams, Oregon State, Washington State looked all right in the past few weeks. Um Like, all these teams that we didn't think were going to be good just look decent. And one last thing I want to say about um, David Hickey, um, the athletic director, is that I get that he he gets a lot of blame, too, for this. Don't get me wrong. But at the end of the day, to me, is he's not running that football program. He's not in, in those rooms making decisions, recruiting players on game day. And to me it's about the play it's about the players and the coaches in that locker room on that field during the games that that that's how you're going to win games i know it starts from the top up but i believe in college it's i'm he does get to me a lot of blame for hiring someone don't get me wrong because rodriguez like i, I don't know if they should have let him go so
0: yeah red rod brought arizona to a bowl game almost every single year that he was there like i don't exactly know what that that was kind of like one of those changes where we're we're okay with rat rod right now but having someone this is a very hit or miss pick you know he could either be really really good for us or really really bad for us like i don't know looking back on it you know hindsight is 2020 right but like i don't know if rat rod was on like needed to be out you know what i mean
1: yeah and i get where the thinking's coming from they were thinking that you know with um with Rodriguez, they were, like, here, bowl every year. And then with Sumlin, they could get over that hump because looking at his past success, I get that. But it just – they you need to cut ties eventually because do you know how long – I don't know off the top of my head. Do you know how long his contract has, like, left? Sumlin's or – Sumlin's. I think, a, I think after this year, I think
0: he's – so it would be this year and then one more season before um, he, he would be – I'm pretty sure. I, I probably should have fact-checked that before we hopped on here. I'm yeah. sure that's what his contract situation is.
1: Yeah, but anyway, him he I I would give it I would give it like a ten percent shot he's the head coach to start of next season. Yeah. I I on- I, I, yeah, I honestly think he will finish this season because it's a short season, like you can't really cut ties. If you cut ties, then I guess maybe the last like two games, but I would find that hard to believe, but right after that game he should be fired within an hour. I think if this was
0: normal circumstances, someone would have been gone last week. But I think because of the pandemic and the shortened schedule and all this random stuff, I think you have to cut him some slack. But um, I, let me. I want to make one more point about this Colorado game. I know we kind of just went off on a tangent there. Uh, we we weren't quite done with the other, with the previous segments. We still had a little bit to say. But I want to make one more point about the Colorado game. I, I think the biggest thing for me is the reason why I'm nervous about this one is that just because Colorado's run game is very good, like Jarek Bruchard is a very good running back. And Arizona has not had good success about running backs. Like you, you saw Dimitri Felton just tear them up last week. Uh, you know, they got torched by Washington the week before, who has by far the best run game in the conference, one of the best run games in the nation, really. So like Arizona has not had good success against good running backs and against good running games. So I don't – that that's my biggest worry is I think this is going to be another one of those games where – they're just gonna get torched by this one running back and it's gonna it's gonna be the, the tail of the tape.
1: Yeah, I I totally agree. I agree with that. I I think Colorado is gonna win, I would say 37 to 24.
0: Yeah, I, I think Colorado covers the spread as well. Um, we're running out of time though. I think that's where we're going to end things today. So uh, thank you everybody for tuning in and watching. a uh, reminder that we are live here every Friday, or excuse me, every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time at 6 p.m. for you Arizona folks if you're in the state of Arizona watching us. We're on Mountain Standard Time now. Uh, You know, I will also be hosting Wildcat Dash tomorrow with Kieran Murphy from Buffalo Dash tomorrow to preview Saturday's game. So tune in for that. Uh, We also write columns now uh, over at sportspack12.com where Ryan Wall writes a column following our weekly shows every single week, so you can check that out. You can also check us out on our website over at Dash Sports tv where we post all of our full shows and our clips and highlights to that website you can follow us on social media as well facebook twitter instagram tiktok youtube we're on spotify as well we're, we're everywhere so you can find us everywhere uh thank you everybody for tuning in and uh hopefully we'll see you tomorrow uh, on wildcat dash but if we don't we'll see you next week